Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Hate to spoil the party, but here comes four hours of Hot Take Radio, guys, this morning on the day before Thanksgiving. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. As you fellas know that watch college football, everybody out there, the fellas in here, the two most important words in college football these days have become, who's in? That's the tagline for the four teams that make the playoffs. But until we get there, let's use four words. Who's in? For now, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Yeah, let's be great today. Before we dig into it, I mean, last night, outside of the playoff rankings, that was one of the most barren nights of sports we've had in a while. Thank goodness that thing was going on. There was nothing going on last night. I turned it into an event for myself, to be honest with you. How (laughs) so? Because I cooked, as Jay knows. Yep. And, And once we got off our call, well, I was cooking in the middle of our call. And then once we got off the call, I ate. And then I went downstairs, and there turned it into an event. Had a glass of wine, watch it, turned it into an event. It was sharp. You went I, with white wine last night. Yeah, I saw in the picture. What yeah. kind of white wine did we go with? I had a Pinot Grigio. Oh. Yeah, I just had a light mm. Pinot. Easy. Yeah, relaxed. easy. Yes, I like that. Nice style. and easy. Yes. But I felt like I had to turn it into an event because much like you said, it was nothing over, right? Nothing. So Jay making fun of me just now in pre-production because I'm scrolling through the television when that went off. And I told Jay, I found myself watching Hollywood X's. Key always finds the most random stuff to watch. It's investigative or some kind of reality show. It, because it's all it's on television. And it's good conversation because some of the stuff that they were saying, I was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> Where was I at when all this was going on? We got to get you on the app, start watching some 30 for 30s or something like that, man. I watched them, but i probably seen a lot of them. So yeah. I don't want to see them again. You know, but yeah, that's you're right about that though, Zubin. It was like sportless, nothing. You know me, Zubin. I was hot last night. I was hot that my Ohio State Buckeyes were ranked where they were ranked. Let's run through the top four, which were really no surprise. I don't think anybody was stunned at the order, but maybe Jay was with regards to three and four. Let's just run through them from the top real quick, spend a minute on each. We'll dig into it with Heather Dinnett. She's going to join us here at 7.15 Eastern this morning, our college football playoff reporter. But let's get your thoughts. Alabama, number one, predictably, no surprise. Not to me, not a surprise at all for them to be the rank, uh, the, the number one ranked team in all of college football. How many years have we said that? Mm-hmm. Whether it's been with this college football playoff or the BCS system, every year. I, when was the last time Nick Saban didn't start a college football season in the top five in the country. Right. We should mention last year was the only year in the history of the playoff Alabama didn't make it. And what do they do? They just cycle right back and they're the number one team. They didn't make the it, but they rankings. were they didn't make it, but they were in it initially. No question about it. No question about it. We should mention a lot of people are wondering Alabama when the season started, fellas, they were in a spot where they had given up ninety one points in their first three games. Ole Miss was scoring every time you turned around. Ole Miss was scoring against them, but they have really tightened up. They've allowed just twenty points in their last three games, including pitching a shutout. So their biggest weakness has been solved, and they look like one of the most complete teams Nick Saban's ever had. I mean, Nick Saban said it himself personally that this is the best team he's ever had, and Key said it during our pre-production meeting. You know, look, we have pandemic fatigue. Key was also like, we have Alabama fatigue. Yeah, of course. I mean, you you get that, though. It's like I got Duke basketball fatigue, right, for so many years. Oh, Duke's going to be, okay, they're going to win. That's just how it is. When you're at the top of the mountain, people kind of get, tired of you to a degree it's like i'm tired of watching alabama do i want to see them run shop on somebody in the playoffs again beat yeah. texas a&m 52 to 24 the number again. fifth ranked team in the country again. beat uga by 20 points i mean 
close to 20 points. Well, the last time, dominate everybody. The last time Alabama, uh, just off the top of my dome, which means my head, uh, Zubin. Um, <laughs> Zubin, your dome looks mighty sharp, by the way. Congratulations it, on it, the first haircut. Just you. off the top, later. top yeah. of the dome, the last time Texas A&M beat Alabama was Johnny Menzel. How long ago was that? That was probably like 2012. That was that crazy, crazy game where they went into T-Town 1 and then Menzel won the Heisman later that year. So that was 2012. That's a really long time ago. On the other side, Notre Dame is number two. Fellas, I think it's pretty obvious here. They have, I don't care who was playing quarterback, our boy DJU or Trevor Lawrence, it is the best win of the season. And when you are undefeated and have the best win of the season, you deserve that spot. You you do deserve it. I, again, I don't know where this ends for Notre Dame, right? Because I know a lot of people are looking at this Notre Dame-North Carolina game and basically giving Notre Dame a W in the win column because they beat Clemson. I'm not so bullish on saying that North Carolina will not scare the living you-know-what out of Notre Dame or clip them because Mac Brown can coach. And they got a really good football team, and they got a phenomenal quarterback. So you got to just, as you like to tell me, Zuma, this game, watch this game. Notre Dame, North Carolina, just watch it. I watch agree. it close. I'm, I'm just taking yeah. a deep breath for a second about Notre Dame. Granted, they beat Clemson. Without Trevor Lawrence, DJU threw for 300-plus yards, incredible yeah. game. They found a way to win. But North Carolina key will be the second-ranked team that they played all season long. Well, so, I mean— I'm just saying, second-ranked team I that they're playing it. this week. I get it. You play who's in front of you. I right? understand. And, and Notre Dame does deserve to be—because in my opinion, whether Trevor Lawrence played or not, that particular day, that particular night, was Notre Dame's. Notre Dame was destined to win that game because— for whatever reasons, it was like set up for them to win, right? It was one of those deals. Hey, Notre Dame, one minute they were not going to have any fans in the stands. And then the next minute, right, Zubin? Right. I was like, because when Coach field. Kelly was on with us originally, he prior to the game, he said there was no, not going to be any fans in the stands. And then when I looked at it on the game, on the television, I was like, well, I thought there was no fans in the stands, but they let the students in. So I understand that. But they were destined to win that football game no matter who was at quarterback. I'm not saying they don't deserve it. They're number two in the country. Respect to Notre Dame and Coach Kelly for what they've been able to accomplish. I'm just saying I'm taking a deep breath. No, I understand. They, they're ranked number two, but they may not be, be the best number two team in the country. Fair enough. That's the deal at this point. Notre Dame, North Carolina, by the way, on your local ABC station, Saturday, 3.30 Eastern. And as Key said, watch out for North Carolina quarterback Sam Howell. All the attention on Ian Book. But Sam Howell flipped from Florida State, and he has flipped the fortunes of the Tar Heels. Now it gets interesting. At number three... Jay, you ready for this? Here comes one lost Clemson ahead of the undefeated Ohio State Buckeyes. Before I get your thoughts on this, mm-hmm. here's the reasoning of the guy that counts the most, Gary Barda. He's the chairman of the College Football Playoff Committee. He's also the athletic director at the University of Iowa, Big Ten ties. So I just want to mention that for context, explaining why Clemson is three with the loss and Ohio State at undefeated is behind them. Well, the discussion, you know, starting with Clemson, they've they, they've really dominated uh, every team that that they've played against, uh, other than, of course, the number two team in Notre Dame, and they were they were short. They didn't have Trevor Lawrence. They didn't have some of their their best defenders, uh, but they've got a solid win uh, against a, a Miami tenth ranked Miami team. And uh, the, the, at the end of the day, the committee just decided that Clemson deserved that number three slot. What do you think, Jay? This is my frustration with the committee. It's so subjective. And I heard Joey Galloway talk about this. Everybody on the committee now is watching tape and they're dissecting who they think is a better team. 
But Zubin, it almost feels as if the committee is holding it against the Big Ten for what happened with them getting a late start. They're not playing as many games, Key. Now, the Big Ten, uh, Ohio State's only played four games. Okay, their last game against Maryland was canceled before they came out. They beat IU. I understand the way they beat IU probably wasn't the most dominant fashion. And I understand that Clemson did lose without Trevor Lawrence. But DJU, the, the, the quarterback for Clemson, I mean, he threw for 439 yards, Zubin. Two touchdowns, no interceptions. How much better could he play? I mean, would Trevor Lawrence make that much of a difference? They no. have one loss. No. That's what I'm saying, Key. They have one loss. I don't understand why Ohio State wouldn't be ranked third, and then Clemson, with that one loss, would have been ranked fourth. Well, I, I would prefer Ohio State see it stay at the four spot because if you're the three spot, you never get to the college playoff <laughs> at this time in the first place. So there's it's probably good for them though. to sit it's principle at four for the first rank. Well, I wouldn't. I don't know if because. Um, Texas A&M, Texas A&M has only played five or six games. Mm-hmm. And they're right below Ohio State. Ohio State's only played four. That's not far off. It's not like Ohio State played four and A&M played nine or Clemson's played ten or something like that. So it's, they're still within striking distance of each other. Um, if Ohio State played Clemson head-to-head with Trevor Lawrence, I, be, I personally think that Clemson would probably get the better of Ohio State. I, I I do. Just looking at it, watching them both play this year at full strength, I feel like Clemson will get the Why? better of Ohio State. Why? And this is where it gets dicey. This is where it gets murky. Because I, it's what you feel. Wait, well, hey man, don't attack me. No, I'm not. I'm just saying. I, <laughs> it's a, I know I'm, I'm attacking the overall criteria, right? That's what I'm doing. It's like, hey, based upon what day, based upon how you feel, Watching tape, the subjective eye test, like this is I the conundrum think, that the committee's going to have. For some reason, have. I think, so just looking at it, I think Clemson is a little more explosive. I think they're a little more dominant on defense. I just, I don't know. It, it, maybe it's the competition. Mm. Maybe it's the style of play. And then maybe we should mention the last time they did play was in the college football playoff in the semifinal last year with Trevor Lawrence and company edging Ohio State. Yeah, it was an edge. Maybe they'll meet again. In the playoff, we will see. To Jay's point, the ACC started playing September 12th. The Big Ten didn't get out there till October 23rd, so the ACC has had a much longer runway to impress the committee. That's over a month of actual time in about five to six weeks. Then they struggled time. against Indy. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. They're ruining what I think is the most talented defense in the National Football yeah. League. It's an organizational failure. 
is what that is. The kitty cats of the midway. I can't call them the monster of the midway anymore. They're the kitty cats of the midway. I don't think it's fair to expect their defense to win games for them consistently. Like, you cannot be that anemic offensively. And it's an organizational failure from top to bottom. Mike Greenberg and Biggie joining us this morning on Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin on the day before Thanksgiving. Organization. Bump that, Alan. Bump that, Alan. Let it breathe for a second, Alan. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Bump that, Pat. Bump that, Pat. Pat. Pat's controlling the mic today. My fault. Where were you at when this came out? This is what, mid- what year was this? 90, this is mid nineties. Mid nineties. You might have been in high school. Yeah, I was high school. Like, like sophomore, sophomore, sophomore year of high school. Were you? Were you like? I was in the league. Fifty checks. I was in the league getting checks. Driving on the Whitestone Bridge or GW or something, going to games. What was your New York City car? What was your car when you when you drove to the city? Let's be you can sorry, you can tell us the truth. I wonder I what Keyshawn Johnson drove back then. You got that smile on your face. We, we, yeah, I had a couple back. whips, man. <laughs> tell had, me about so it. when I first came to New York, I had a uh Ford Expedition. Okay. Blocked all the way out. With some big wheels, just like crazy beast looking cars. Yeah, you like need that in the city, potholes and stuff. Something like, but this was way back when, something that you would think like the presidents would be driving, caravanning. Then I had, I did a deal with Lincoln, so then I got a navigator. I, um, in the springtime, I copped a Porsche, and mm. then a Ferrari, and mm. then a six, a S600. Those are, those are my cars out here. I know when you hit a pothole in New York in that Ferrari, you were hot. I mean, <laughs> see, this, uh, you guys don't know what just happened. Key just leaned day, back in the seat and just rolled his no, eyes. one day. Sorry, Zubin, I had to ask this question. One day I was coming from the game. And, you know, in New York, I don't know. I'm new. You know, I'm, I'm really not. This was like in 97, 98. So I'm really not aware of the weather like that. So I'm looking. I'm checking it out. I'm like, oh, it might rain a little bit, whatever. Man, it starts snowing. So I lived in Long Island, coming all the way from New Jersey, and I had to go to Long Island to start snowing. I was doing this in the car. Swaying side to side. Swaying side to side in the snow because I didn't, you know, I didn't know how to watch the weather. I didn't have an app. You didn't have to do that in L.A. No. Yeah, it's always nice. First car, Honda Civic. But, fellas, fellas, four-door. Four door, <laughs> four door, <laughs> automatic. I love you so much. Yeah, automatic. get it, zooming. Get it. Oh, God. I All had right. a Honda in college, though. Zoom. What's well, that? We, I had a Honda in college. I paid for mine now. But, uh, just kidding. Uh, just kidding. I knew somebody who owned the dealership. <laughs> what had happened was. <laughs> All right. So, in the words of Biggie, to get back on track, if it's possible, not like key driving off track in the snow, but to get back on track, in the words of Biggie. Uh, the Bears have been uh, hypnotized, okay, because their last win came October 18th. Think about where we are. We are, <laughs> tomorrow is Thanksgiving. The Bears' last win was at Carolina October 18th. Since then, losses to the Rams, the Saints, the Titans, the Vikings. They've lost four in a row. Here wow. come the Packers. Think about that. Here come the Packers off the bye. Mitch Trubisky has a shoulder injury. Nick Foles has a leg and hip injury. Matt Nagy is trying to pick between the worst of two. With both of these guys, with where they're at and their injuries, that's what we're kind of working through right now to see exactly where they're at. So the, the good thing for us coming off the bye is it happened over the bye for Nick, and now we're able to kind of day by day just see where he's at. We're going through and just trying to figure out, okay, uh, health-wise, where they're at, and then also us, too, like coming through the bye, like I said, us evaluating where we're at 
um, as a team, as an offense. All of that is on the table. Bears and Packers Sunday night football key. What does Nagy have to do when you consider what's on the line for him, his QBs, and his team? Well, first of all, he shouldn't have never done anything at 3-0. and You just play it. And I said that from day one. You just play it out and let it roll. Once he went to Nick Foles, I felt it would be hard to go back to Mitch Trubisky at this point because now you're playing with the psyche of the quarterbacks and the psyche of the room. You're getting ready to waste a pretty good defense for the second year in a row messing around. You're playing too many games. Stay consistent. The one time that you did make the playoffs as a as a head coach is when your defense was on fire and they got you there in your first year. Look at that formula. Mitch Trubisky was not Brett Favre. He was not Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. He was Mitch Trubisky, and you still made the playoffs. You didn't get any better by getting Nick Foles. I understand that from the familiarity standpoint, yeah, you may have had a conversation with Doug Peters, Peterson. You may have had a conversation with Andy Reid in the offseason about acquiring the quarterback at the same time and saying Nick Foles could help him. But look, man, Jay, at the end, you got to make the right decision for your job. And the right decision, if he's healthy, is to play Mitch Trubisky. Well, the right decision for Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy is Eric Bieniemy on line one. Mm. Oh, God. Let's just call it for what they're it not is, gonna run, They're Kid, not going to run up. that back again, this, I know. I know, but this is just a straight-up embarrassment. I know what you meant by that, too. I hear you. It's just straight-up embarrassment that we, you're even going through this in the first place with as great as a defense that you have, and they rank 31st in scoring and total yards. It's embarrassing. It's sad to watch. It's a car accident happening in slow motion. I'll leave it at that. Dang, they rank 31st in scoring per game at 19.1 yards per game, 30, 300 yards a game at 31st. That's You know there's only 32 teams. <laughs> I know, Key. <laughs> God, that's, that's a bad it, deal. But you, if, if I'm Matt Nagy and I got both of these guys as healthy, I'm just going to roll with Mitch Trubisky. I'm diving all in on that. Does it really matter who he rolls with? It doesn't really matter who he rolls with. It's over. This is called it, – it is over. Sorry, Matt. Jeez. What? You fired the coach. I didn't fire him. I'm just saying, if you're a Chicago Bears fan, my friends are in Chicago, it's been over for a minute. You fired the coach. <laughs> Zoom in. Take it away. Zoom in. Go to break, please. Indeed. I fired somebody. Speaking of sorry, there are 14 teams right now that are going to say if the playoffs started today, which is such a Center cliche thing to say because they don't start today, but if they did start today, there are 14 teams that would be in the postseason So the question is, who's the biggest phony of them all? Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, 
Their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good morning. I'm Zubin Mahenti here with your Sports Center update. Stop me if you've heard this before. Alabama's number one in the college football playoff rankings. First edition came out last night on ESPN. Notre Dame is two, Clemson is three, Ohio State is four, Texas A&M just on the outside looking in at five. And they are just ahead of Florida by virtue of a head-to-head win over the Gators. If you're wondering, the highest-ranked group of five teams, Cincinnati, at 7. Playoff insider Heather Dinich is here at 7.15 a.m. Eastern. The long or short, strange drama surrounding where Bogdan Bogdanovich is going to play next year has finally come to an end. Our long national nightmare has come to an end. The answer is the Atlanta Hawks. Four years, $72 million. Sacramento had a chance to match. They declined. Our front office insider Bobby Marks tweeted yesterday, the Hawks won the offseason in the Eastern Conference. Things I not thought would never be tweeted. And tonight, college basketball, Jays clapping, ready to go. 2K Empire Classic on ESPN, Arizona State and Rhode Island, Villanova and Boston College, all benefiting the Wounded Warrior Project. Not too far from here at the Mohegan Sun Casino in Uncasville, Connecticut. The big one, the Champions Classic, our traditional big one with Duke, Kentucky, Michigan State, and, of course, Kansas will be next Tuesday. Sports Center is brought to you by Sport Clips. Remember, being at Sport Clips, waiting for that great MVP haircut experience. How about making that wait time even shorter? Now with on-deck text alerts, get a 15-minute heads up when it's time to head in and another text alert when you're next in line. Sport Clips. It's good to be a guy. Chubb, the running back, and they give it to Chubb. Running left, cuts it back to his right, breaks a tackle, runs away from the Eagles defense, into Philly territory, 40, 30, still going 20, left sideline, spun around and dropped inside the 10. Wow. Wow, indeed. Roxy Bernstein and Ben Hartsock on ESPN Radio. You just heard more misery for the Eagles. And on that tip, because they still technically are the division leaders in the NFC East, though the Cowboys could actually proclaim that spot for themselves with a win on Thursday. We're asking this morning on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed, which NFL playoff contender is the biggest poser? Be a part of the Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin Nation on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed, ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. It's official. College football's back. So is your favorite Dr. Pepper-loving college football town, Fansville. Head to a store near you to treat your inner college football fan to an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. We're going to go to Cleveland in seven minutes. Are Woo-hoo! they a playoff poser? Are they legit? We'll find out. It's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. So, fellas, I'm going to run straight through the 14 teams that are in the playoffs at this moment, seven from each conference. You tell me the biggest poser. Again, the fellas, 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776, or Key J&Z on Twitter, biggest playoff poser at the moment. The if playoff field. Go ahead. The playoffs start today. If the playoffs started today, but of course we know they do not. Pittsburgh, Kansas City, Buffalo, Indy, Tennessee, Cleveland, Las Vegas. That's the AFC. Obviously, we don't need to mention teams like the Steelers and the Chiefs. I think we all know they're legit. All right. Over in the NFC, here are your seven. New Orleans, the Rams, the Packers, the Eagles, the Seahawks, Tom Brady and the Bucks at sixth, and cute Kyler at seven. And by the way, I know that's a lot what I just reeled off. Everything I reeled off is in order from one through seven. So those are the 14. If it started today, want to hear who the biggest poser is in your mind. If you're listening to us, wherever you are, thanks for tuning in. Happy early Thanksgiving. Hit us up on the phone or hit us up on Twitter. So we can't name an NFC East team. No. It's in the play. It's in the play. play. Because that's that's easy. That's a given. (laughs) No, he said Eagles. I know, but that's a given. Come on. 
But man, you come just got to get in, though. I mean, but they, they, they will obviously be the answer. I mean, we, we have to exclude the NFC East. You get I think in, we should do that. You get a home game. You oh. never quite know. Look, they almost beat Russell. McCown almost beat Russell Wilson in the playoffs last year. That game was in Philly. It was cold. It was different. You never know, right? You host a playoff game, things can happen. That's what I say, too, though, Jay. It's like basketball and college basketball, and I hate to refer to the, to the Sweet 16 or whatever, but look at every year there's, what do you call it, bracket buster or something, yeah, yeah, something like yeah. that? Yeah, Cinderella. you get one of, them, one of them teams that come out of nowhere, and you're like, well, they got like 5,000 people enrolled in the whole school. How did that happen? Yeah, but poser means like you had higher expectations for them, and they're not that, right? Well, so, we had high expectations for Dallas as yeah, well as Dallas, Philadelphia. Yeah. yeah, you did. Okay. Man, if you asked if you asked Dallas Pat, way more than Philadelphia, though. No, if you asked Pat, Come on, somebody, Dallas no, Key with ask, all those toys? No, but think about it, though, Jay. At the beginning of the year, if you asked some of these Philadelphia Eagle fans, like a Pat in in, in a Allen, uh, they would tell you, based on the way Carson Wentz finished last year, drafting Jalen Rigger and all that, and Deshaun Jackson coming back, and, and all of those sort of things, that the Eagles look like, with the Cowboys, the team to beat. In the NFC East. Okay. And now it also depends on what your definition of poser is. Evan, our great producer, raised a point. Well, I wouldn't say great producer. Well, well, I'll say it. I'll say it. But sometimes a poser is you're not as great as your record indicates you are, right? That's like somebody pretending that they're tough, but they're not really tough, right? Yeah, that's So it's just sort of the exterior, interior version of how you're looking at it. Most likely. Wow. (laughs) Just a shot. Come on, Jerry Roach. Come on, Jalen Johnson. Let's go this year. By the way, we could even throw it out. If the Cowboys win tomorrow, they're going (sighs) to launch themselves, at least for the moment, into first place in the division. And there's undeniable talent. You could say whatever you want about how healthy the talent is. But the Cowboys have a lot of talent. That's what I'm saying. They have have Washington at home. Mm -hmm. There will be minimum fans in attendance, Mm -hmm. which is a plus for the Cowboys because, you know, if you you got some fans, you got some noise, you get a little bit of home field advantage. To Andy Dalton's credit, he came in and played well last week against the Vikings, and they won that football game. So, you know, they smell it. Regardless of what we might think about them, they smell it. They smell the opportunity to still win the NFC East, to still say we won the NFC East in 2020. Let's talk about the Browns in terms of are they as good as their record indicates. We're going to go to Cleveland here in three minutes, get the pulse of the Browns nation that has been waiting for this moment. They have the NFL's longest playoff drought. They haven't been there since 2002. The Browns are 7-3. and three. Now, That's a gaudy record for them. That's as good as they've been through 10 games in about 13 years. At 7-3... and three, you could identify them as a poser because there are some people out there that will say, I'm not really sure the Browns are a 7-3 and three team. I'm not sure they're that explosive, they're that good. Here's what I would say about that, much like we just said about three minutes ago. Once you get in, things change. What do they have that a lot of teams in the National Football League does not? They have a ground game. They have a ground game that's portable. And what do I say? Play defense. Denzel Ward is out. Once they get him back, Miles Garrett back, that defense mm-hmm. becomes something a little bit different. Now, all of a sudden, you look up and they get the right draw. I mean, and what I mean by that is the right team. You know, let's say it's Cleveland versus Tennessee, somewhere along the lines, or Cleveland and the Raiders or whatever, and they find that right matchup. And then all of a sudden, they're punishing you in the cold, in the snow, in the rain, and they're not asking Baker Mayfield to throw the ball because we got two dudes in Kareem Hunt and Chubb behind us that can tote the rock. All we need you to do is make one or two throws, and that's it. It's all about the right matchup. And I remember when we went to the Super Bowl, 
we played Philadelphia in the NFC Championship game. We had lost to them earlier in the year. We wanted to see them again. But the divisional round playoff game prior to the NFC Championship game, we drew the San Francisco 49ers instead of the New York Giants. Mm-hmm. The New York Giants would have posed a different type of opponent for us because they had Jeremy Shockey. They had some – and our defense is lights out. They would have been – they would have probably still lost the game to us, but it would have been a different type of game opposed to one-trick pony San Francisco that had Jeff Garcia – and Terrell Owens. We shut but, down Terrell Owens. The rest was history. But, Key, doesn't that make the point, though, that you know exactly what the Browns are? They are a one-trick pony. I mean, the fact that Baker Mayfield hasn't thrown a TD, and it, it seems like almost – I understand that Kevin Stefanski knows who he is. I understand that he's committed to the run game. But wouldn't you have to put some severity into the fact that you can't trust Baker Mayfield no, when that, you need him to? That's you're, you're correct about that. But what I'm saying is if you get the right opponent, if you get the right opponent, then you can take advantage of that. And, and we don't know where Cleveland falls in this equation at. But if Cleveland somehow draws the right opponent, But you can't can say stop. that about everybody, though, Key. You can no, say you, that about no, every team can. if you draw the right opponent. No, you can't say that about every team. But I need you to tell me who the biggest poser is. And we're talking about the Browns. Like, I can't – it can't be, well, I don't, I depends upon they, what kind I, of opponent they draw. Because I don't know if they're posers yet. I don't know that. But use Jay's rationale. If they're a one-trick pony, they're one-dimensional – and that one dimension isn't your quarterback, and your quarterback has got to make some throws in the playoffs. If you're one-dimensional, I get it. The running game, it's portable. You can use it. Bad weather. The Browns know about bad weather more than any other team here recently in the league. But if Jay's saying they're a one-dimensional team and they're 7-3, and three, wouldn't that maybe be the definition of a poser? Well, it, it could be the definition of a poser, but if, you, if you're talking about one game in the playoffs, and if, let's say, for instance, somebody they draw stops there, they get the Buffalo Bills with a top defense and they stop the run game, then they're going to be in trouble. They're going to be in trouble. If they draw the wrong team and the wrong opponent that can stop the run game, they're going to be in trouble if they depend on Baker Mayfield to drop back and throw the ball 30 times. I mentioned we would go to Cleveland at 6.40 a.m. Eastern, and here we go. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. Let's welcome in Tony Rizzo, ESPN Cleveland co-host of the really big show alongside Aaron Goldhammer weekdays from nine to one. I feel a little self-conscious, a little lack of self-esteem. I thought we had a really big show, but apparently Tony and Aaron have a really big show and he joins us this morning. Tony sounds like a rapper and the other guy, uh, Goldsmith, sounds like a wrestler. (laughs) Goldhammer? Goldhammer, I mean. Goldhammer. Man, I tell y'all that come every on, time King. I come. I tell him, y'all that Tony. every time I come on the show. Get him, show. Tony. Don't oh, let I him tell, come out the I gate swinging at you like that. No, I tell him that every time. One sounds like a rapper. Hey, hold that way. You you just go make that vegan mac and cheese right now. <laughs> <laughs> and shout out somewhere to Greg the Hammer Valentine, WWF legend from the 1980s. I think that's where Key was going with that. Hey, Tony, I hope you were able to hear the uh, louder portions of our conversation before you joined. We're asking today who the biggest playoff poser is, and we were thrown around the Browns. Yes, they're 7-3, and three, but they can't really depend on their quarterback the way they depend on their running game. Maybe that's good, maybe that's bad, depending on what the weather is, as Keith said, depending on what the matchup is. How does everybody in town, I assume they're giddy about being 7-3, and three, but because this is the Browns, is there any level of apprehension? I'm sure there's some for some people, but right now, guys, we're just enjoying it. It's been football hell here for the last 20 years. We haven't been to playoffs since 02. The Browns are aligned for the first time in a long time. Ownership, chief strategy officer, Deep Podesta, 
uh, Andrew Barry and his crew in the front office and Kevin Stefanski, the coach, the players are buying in to what they're doing. And I heard you guys talking about trusting Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield's made the plays he's had to to get to be 7-3. and three. I know he's not Pat Mahomes, and I know there is a style point uh, kind of thing to this that, you know, the Browns don't win like a lot of the other NFL teams do. But if you've seen the weather here the last three weeks, they did what they had to do to win. So Cleveland's happy when the Browns are 7-3. and three. Well, that's what I continue to keep telling the guys, Tony, is you win however you win, no matter what the case is. I think a lot of our concern, though, is when you become one-dimensional and there is no chub or there is no hunt to rely on, and now you got to rely on Baker Mayfield getting the ball to guys like Landry. What happens at that point? How do the Browns feel at the confident level about making a strong playoff run out there? They're a confident team, and uh, I'll tell you, Stefanski's just been a godsend here. He has got this team believing in themselves. And, guys, to the point about Baker, you know, he had to, he had to play big in Cincinnati in that game about a month ago, and he led a drive uh, at the end of the game with uh, 40 seconds left to win that thing against Joe Burrow. So we've seen him do it in the past. He just hasn't been asked to do it in the last three weeks. He's also learned third year in a, in a new offense for him. He's been in a league three years. He's had three different offenses. And it was during a 2020, you know, global pandemic without preseason and everything else. So, yeah, I think the jury's still out as far as Baker goes. But the Browns are confident they can run it on anybody. All right, so, Tony, talk to me here. Is Baker Mayfield the long-term answer? We don't know yet. And I know that the Browns are going to take the rest of this year to figure that out. We do expect them to pick up his fifth-year option next year. But as far as getting a big old contract like Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun – uh, we're going to have to wait and see on that. They want to give him this entire season. I know at times he has made mistakes, but uh, the last thing the Browns want to do is go back to the well looking for a fishing for a, for a franchise quarterback. Well, you know, it's interesting about that, Tony, um, because they didn't have that reservation, obviously, about Miles Garrett. Where are they at with Denzel Ward in a long-term situation? Well, they like Denzel Ward a lot, but unfortunately, he's had problems staying on the field. And, again, he is injured. He's going to be out. It's a calf strain. We don't know how long. Wyatt Teller missed four games with a similar injury. Denzel Ward was playing at a Pro Bowl level. Shut down, lockdown corner. He had guys on an island for most of the game last week, and I, I think he gave up three passes, one for a first down. So they love him. I think Nick Chubb is going to be in line, maybe for a long-term deal. I know people are like, whoa, he's a running back. But this is a different player. He's, uh, he, he represents everything the Browns are looking for in tough, smart football players. So I think, I think Chubb is online for that. Tony Rizzo is joining us on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Pennzoil synthetic motor oils are made from natural gas, gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof's in the Pennzoil based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. If you're just tuning in, Tony is a host on our affiliate in Cleveland, the really big show alongside... Aaron Goldhammer, weekdays from 9 to 1. I want to switch gears. You mentioned Paul D. Podesta uh, aligned at the top in the front office. Paul D. Podesta, for those that don't know, not only has he done a good job with the Cleveland Browns, he was also, fellas, Paul D. Podesta, mm-hmm. baseball front office guy with Cleveland, the New York Mets. He's been around baseball and football. He's got that money ball. He's bringing that aspect to the Browns. The reason I ask you that, Paul, is because I want to ask you an Indian's question. And that is, what is the chatter around Francisco Lindor? I think this is one of the biggest stories of the baseball hot stove. Can they keep him? Will they keep him? What's the pulse of Cleveland there? One of the biggest stars in baseball. 
Well, I, we, we are resigned to the fact that uh, the Indians are going to trade Frankie. Um, the Indians lost $100 million last year, as did a lot of teams in baseball. The Dolan family, great people. They put a great product on the field. But financially, they don't have the same resources as the Dodgers and the Mets and the Yankees. So they're looking for a partner right now. There may be a scenario where they don't get what they like, and he plays here and then walks. But he's got one year left on a deal, and the Indians right now are burning up the phones trying to find a deal for him. You know, the big-name players in baseball haven't really produced. Those big contracts haven't produced a lot of championships. But we love Frankie, and Cleveland's going to hate to see him go, but we feel like it's inevitable. Yep. Tony, I got asked a question the other day, and I think it's uh, important that our viewers get a chance to hear what your taste is. It may be a cultural thing, but I'm, I'm going to throw it out there. <laughs> are you a sweet potato guy, or are you a pumpkin pie kind of guy? Sweet potato pie or pumpkin pie? Serious question. Yes. Which one? Yes. You had to choose one. Yes. Which one? I'll go sweet potato pie okay. because of the holiday, but uh, pumpkin's good. I think I'm burned out on pumpkin, man. I got to put whipped cream on it and, and ice cream and everything else. I've eaten so much pumpkin. I like sweet potato. Are you, what kind of spices are you using? Is it is it sweet sweet potato? Like key, you know, th- yeah. this kind of stuff. I like you're sweet. About key. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, well, I he, like sweet. I like sweet. Sweet potato pie. Don't bring a pumpkin pie to my crib, though. Yeah, don't I'm not. We no. not, not. Sorry, whipped cream. Just, disrespectful. No. no, I don't. I don't like. Key, it. Are you cooking? Key, you cooking tonight? I'm starting. I was telling Jay, I'm gonna start about. 3 a.m., 4 a.m. in the morning. Uh, yeah, I'm getting down. I'll be in there, you know. Hopefully I don't fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> because, no, because at that time, you know, you, you, you turn on the, the, the heater, you kind of get it warm going, and you're cooking at the same time. And you At that time in the morning, you up by yourself, you're kind of bored. You might decide to go to a little bit of the... Brown yeah. liquor, and then the next thing you know, <laughs> oh, oh. Thanksgiving morning, you're allowed, yeah, man. You, you're allowed. Jay, Jay, I told Keyshawn yesterday on our show, I said, we're going to have a new show called Cooking with Key. I'm telling you, on Key. ABC. Man, we get all these Cooking videos every Key. single day, Tony. It's incredible. It's really incredible. Yeah. He, he is a talent, man. No question. Hey, Tony, have a great show today. Enjoy the ride here with the Browns. Parting like it's 2002, the NFL's longest playoff drought certainly feels like surely, slowly but surely, is about to come to an end. Thank you very much, Tony. Yeah. Good luck, All right, Tony. T. Happy, thanks. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. You too, you man. Too, Be brother. safe out there. Fair enough. You're rolling with that brown looker like Michael Jordan in the last dance. You're just sitting there. No, that was tequila. <laughs> that was tequila. That was, in, that was his tequila. That was his tequila. In the, and we couldn't figure it out till after, I believe, he spoke at a presser or something, and he, he said it was his tequila. Indeed. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, so never mind the sweet potato or the pumpkin. He's on the trip to fan. He's going to be tired and ready to go <laughs> even before a long day comes to an end. He'll be up early cooking. Let's cook through A to Z. From A to Z. And, of course, A to Z is brought to you, as always, by Redbox. Redbox's new movies at the box. The audio is back. Jay snapping the fingers and streaming on demand. Don't miss Unhinged. Starring Russell Crowe. Visit Redbox.com for all the ways to watch. Right up Jay's alley here. This is something he's been very hot on. Bam Adebayo has agreed to a five-year extension Mm-mm. with the Heat. If all of the escalators are met, if he essentially maxes it out, it could be worth $195 million over five years. Jay, this is a very important contract, not just for Bam, but what could be coming in the future off of it? Yeah, Jay, and it is an important contract for, for Bam. But let me ask you this. Is he 195 or is that just what it is? 
He his talent level is considering that Jason Tatum got a max contract extension, De'Aaron Fox got one, Donovan Mitchell got one. He took them to the NBA Finals along with Jimmy Butler. So I think he warrants that type of money. They are going to be cap restricted moving into 2021. That will come into question, though. They did the right thing by Bam because Bam is also really good friends with Giannis. They also share the same agent. There you go. They will have assets that they will be able to move. It won't look pretty, but they could still potentially get the job done for Giannis in 2021. So we paid a little more to get something that we may want down the line. Exactly. Let me give you one quick last word. Bam, Devin Booker, these are all guys that played for Coach Cal at Kentucky. They don't seem great at Kentucky because there's so much talent in one ball. But then you get to the NBA and you're like, whoa, Devin Booker is amazing. Bam Adebayo is amazing. Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero, another great example. So much talent in Lexington, but they get themselves to an NBA locale where they can shine. And it's a little bit different. To college football, Dabo not shining with his comments lately. Here's the latest back and forth after the whole tete-a-tete with Florida State where Dabo said over the weekend the Knowles were afraid to play us. And when we got a positive coronavirus test, they used as an excuse to get out of the matchup. Florida State head coach Mike Norvell fired back by saying... Football coaches are not doctors. Some of us, though, think they are. Hmm. Dabo, returning fire. You know, listen, I, I'm not really worried much about what they say down there in Tallahassee. Uh, that's for sure. You know, I've been in this league 18 years. Uh-oh. I've been the head coach here 12. All right. Uh, you know, they've had three head coaches in four years. So decisions that, that they make, uh, you know, I'm not going to worry about advice from Tallahassee. Wow. <laughs> he won't let this go. He will not let this go. Man, he, he's so petty, he, man. He, he seems really cocky, man. I mean, he's I mean, I, I at feel the top you. of the mountain, I, I guess. I mean, you. that's his personality. Yeah. You know, sometimes, sometimes you come into things, you know, think about it. his career. He, he, you know, didn't really play at Alabama as a football player. He goes to Clemson. He's the receiver coach. He gets kicked up to the head coach of football. All of a sudden, he has a good year to hire him as a regular head coach, and he just takes off. And his career has been great. So now he's running the town. He's running college football. His person, people's personalities change, dog. No, I, I hear you, Key. It just feels like let his body of work speak for itself. Like he is the most dominant coach in college football along with Nick Saban. I get it. But he's also young. He's also a young coach in his players, and, and he's got to recruit. He's got to have a certain type of swag. He can sell that to a young – think about a young kid in this day and age caring about swag more so than the educational side of the university that you choose. Think about that. You're so, officially old now. You're officially well, old by saying that. Whatever. I'm, <laughs> we good. Are, yeah, we, we're I'm there. good. I ain't trying to be young. Ain't no Botox in this good look. But <laughs> I'm just saying, when you talk about it and you think about it, he's recruiting also, Jay. As crazy I know as it that may same sound, footprint. I understand. He's, he's recruiting as well because he can point to it and say, you don't want to play for that. You Man, want to well, play for somebody that got some swag and go have your back. I, I, I wouldn't want my kid to play for somebody. Well, granted, I understand. If, if the program had my kid on national TV every single day, they got a chance to go to the NFL, I might have to think about that. You know, but I think there will be other options that I know I would prefer because he's supposed to lead young men. And then I watch him act like this, and I'm like, well, then you're just perpetuating that same behavior when your own players do that. But we think different. I know. You're right. Still to come, desperate for a win in perfection all at once. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. 
Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.